Yeah, good. All it's right. working. Nice. Well, thanks for coming through, man. Thanks you're listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast, everyone. Uh, thanks for checking in again. It's been a while. It's been a a little bit. I've been kind of going on and off with these random episodes, uh, as far as like. Uh, you know, finding a new place to do them uh, before it was like going to people's houses and going to people's spaces and trying to make it comfortable for them. Like, hey, I'm just a stranger coming over. Now I have my own space and I'm like, strangers, come over. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so this is the first interview where it's like, this is, feels very home. This is kind of where the, it's until we get the studio up and running, uh, 98.3 KMWV down, down, downtown Salem oh, cool. at the CCTV building. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're re- rebuilding from the ground up the radio portion of it. Oh, cool. And until I can play in that place, this is going to have to suffice. But I mean, like, I try my best to make it homey as possible. Yeah. I'm all about feng shui lately. In my 30s, I've been like, once I turned 30, I was about my feng shui and all about like wanting to change my life, zen it up, and then like buy candles. There's a there's a there's a there's a <laughs> vanilla candle behind you. I like candles now. Nice, yeah. I man, I remember candles back in the day when I was in like early 20s. I do I did a lot of candles. Uh-huh. Of course, I was like, I gotta get the best. So it was like Yankee candle, like all the smells, and then. I got lazy and didn't want to burn them, so I'd get candle warmers uh-huh. until all the scent was gone. I felt like they lasted probably two or three times longer just doing the candle warmer, but you have to worry about knocking it over. And that's that, I didn't realize that that was a thing, a fire hazard, and, you know, being, you know, I can kill someone <laughs> myself. <laughs> and so I thought about it. I mean, when, when, so when I first, first started putting everything, I bought all these candles from Big Lots, and I was like lighting them all at once. <laughs> And uh, I almost burned myself down because I realized, oh, you're not supposed to have that much heat. I was like, man, it's really hot in here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm just still kind of like learning yeah. and how to like be a proper house, uh, a house person, uh, owning a home or whatever, like owning a, yeah. a little space. That makes sense. This is yeah. my first real spot, you know. Uh, it's amazing how much energy and like just heat the little candles put off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Sense. Oh, real quick, guys, you know we're going right into it. Can you? We're just being very rude today. Can you tell us who you are? What you're about? I mean. Everyone reads the little description, and I always yeah. make fun of my guests. I'm like, I hope uh, I always make fun of my listeners because I assume they're just kind of like dummies and don't know how to read the descriptions, and they're just like, I want to click this one. Yeah. But if you didn't read the description, can you give us a little bit of who you are and what you're about? Yeah, uh, my name is JD Welch. I actually run a website called Six by Six Bags. It's all spelled out, no numbers. Um, I measure and compare cornhole bags to one another. So I started off just. Playing cornhole, realizing that there's no just like standardized method for comparing bags to one another, um, and created this whole thing from the ground up on measuring them, creating my own metrics, so that you could go to my site and look at bags from a hundred. There's 140 different bags on the site, or 130 different bags on the site, and you can compare each of them like apples to apples instead of like, hey, here's one random manufacturer and here's another manufacturer. How do I know that? Each of their speeds actually match up or not, and 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 I did a little bit of research before I yeah. before you showed up, <laughs> and I was just even just the curious on Amazon, the curious on like uh, uh, Dick Sporting Goods and things like that, and and yeah. they're very like basic yeah. in the sense of like just a bag, and it's like I don't know ten bucks or something. Yeah, I actually brought like eight different eight or nine different sets of bags. Okay, for like show you and explain like the difference between the bags. There's so much to it. So they're all bag, all cornhole bags have two sides um, to them. There are, there's one here that has two sides, but the same fabric, both sides. Um, those ones are just called slick bags. And like, there's a side that's called the slick side and the, like, and the stick side. That's like the traditional term. Um, some people are making bags that are both 
faster on the scale. So there's a slower side and a faster side. Um, and of course, like each fabric will do a different thing. So I mean, it's like, it just, it's a whole world. So yeah, each bag has to have two fabrics. The rules are that the bag has to be filled with plastic resin pellets. So there's a whole world of different sizes, different shapes, different densities. Of the actual pellets. Of all of just the pellets on the inside. Okay. Um, as well like. as, you think of like the rigidity of the pellet itself. So uh-huh. think of like a ball bearing compared to a rubber ball. Like you can squeeze a rubber ball where you can't squeeze a ball bearing and be and a ball bearing will actually bounce higher than a rubber than a bouncy ball will because it like the equal and opposite reactions because it doesn't deform when it hits it'll bounce a lot higher so if somebody uses a pellet that's a lot more rigid inside their bag it'll hit the board and actually bounce compared to a more like a softer pellet where it'll hit and kind of absorb and like deform when it hits the board and it'll slide up a little bit different um, and 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 this, that's a lot already, guys. That's that, that's the podcast. You, thanks for listening. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's great because like, I never. And when I first started, when I first met you uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, yo. I'm still shook on how much detail there is, uh, but you already started digging this rabbit because I want to talk more about that. Yeah. Uh, I want to know your backstory. How did yeah. you get into this? What what do you have? Uh, what what's your education like? What, how do you? Where do you get from point A to point B <laughs> to bags? Yeah. So I have a bachelor's in exercise science and I have a master's in kinesiology and I I did research in my undergrad and I enjoyed doing research and of course it was like this very specific niche thing mm-hmm. that cool but doesn't apply to most people in the world and then went and did my master's degree and the biggest thing i got from my master's degree is how to actually do research and how to like nitpick things and like really break it down and be like all right here are all these variables that are interacting with this thing you're wanting to measure how do we like eliminate as many of those as we possibly can to make sure we're only getting one specific measurement like mm-hmm. controlling temperature and humidity and things like that so you know you're getting this one specific measurement. So that was like my big takeaway from my master's program. Loved it. It was awesome. Greatest thing. Like one of the great things you've ever done. So that's my backstory of like my education. My partner, she actually part started playing cornhole with her little brother, mm-hmm. um, Montana, like kind of country girl. Um, they started playing cornhole. She played with him. She brought it back. She found a league in Salem. And it was Cherry City Cornhole. And right. back in the day, this was like three years ago, they were the only game in town. Um, they had league two, three times a night. And it was on the Knights of Columbus Hall here in town. And she started going six months before I did. So I didn't even start playing until after her. Um, she's like, this is awesome. I really want you to play. I had something else already scheduled the same nights that she was doing cornhole. Once that ended and we were able to reschedule, I started playing cornhole with her. And we got in, we're like, cool, like, here are these bags. Like, you walk in, and, like, we started playing with what you think of as cornhole bags, where this was this bag, it had what we call it, like, duck canvas, just traditional canvas, and physically corn inside the bags, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's where the whole game of cornhole came from. It's just a bag filled with corn. That's a no-no. Like, didn't know that. That's what we did. Like, she did it for a while, and, like, as we started playing, they're like, all right, we got to start up. People can't use bags with corn in them. Um, you can go to Walmart and buy cornhole bags, and they have chalk inside of them. They're usually the ones in like the little plastic tubs. Mm-hmm. And the purpose, like those are cool bags because the chalk and the corn, as they break down, they kind of poof out of the bag, and it creates like a lubricant on the board. So it changes the condition of the board the more you play. But 
if you have somebody who spent $120 on a set of bags, they get really upset when there's this corn and chalk on their bags that kind of ruins them and they have to like wash them and washing bags then like changes them up. So we're playing cornhole, we're looking into bags and we're like, hey, here's this manufacturer. We like these bags and they have these six different, what we call series of bags. So like if you look at shoes, there's like a bunch of different versions of shoes. Same thing, like here are these different bags. And then there's this other manufacturer and they have like nine different sets of bags. And all these manufacturers have what we call speed scales. And they're like, all right, bag A goes has a slow side of five and a fast side of nine. Bag B has a slow side of three and a fast side of seven. Like all through the scales, like they have a variety of bags for people to play with to like figure out what your play style is and like how you throw. And that dictates like kind of what bags you get. But we're like, all right, so here's manufacturer A, there's manufacturer B. How do we know that the five of manufacturer A is the same as the five of manufacturer B? Because we could get them and we could throw them and be like, cool, like they don't seem the same because we had people who had, like there were 60 people in the league and everybody had two or three sets of bags. So we could easily play with 60 to 70 sets of bags in a night if we really wanted to. And you'd be like, all right, this is so much variety. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I was like, I understand, like I understand this, right? Like I understand the coefficient of friction, right? It's very simple scientific method that you can use to figure out how much force it takes to pull something. I was like, I can do that with fabric. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that is the basis of my speed scale. I measure the coefficient of friction of every single, f- of both sides of the fabric that are or both sides of the bag and then do a couple calculations and I get a number. And that is my speed scale for all of the bags I have. Is there already a speed scale in place or are you making this up as you go? Or do you have a point of reference? I completely made a brand new one. So like okay. when I started, I was able to get a grant. I was a part of a grant program and got several thousand dollars to just purchase bags and the equipment I needed to get started. So I had 60 different sets of bags and I went through and tested them all. And from that, I was able to create my range of speed and then... I normalized it, so I created a 0 to 10 from the values that I had. Um, part of that is because, like, coefficient of friction is funny in the in how, like, for speeds for cornhole, the faster it is, the higher the number. Mm-hmm. But for friction, the faster it is, the lower the number. So I had to, like, swap numbers and, like, flip them around so, like, everything's backwards and then create this whole scale. So, like, I created the scale from 0 to 10... I have nothing that's a zero and I have nothing that's a 10 because I needed to make sure that I never hit those because if I hit those, then something else is actually going to be faster than that. And my own scale would be off. So I was like, all right, normalize it, standardize it. So then I have this zero to 10 scale that everything falls in, but it's based off of the coefficient of friction. Um, and I created a device that I, it's computerized. I have very little impact on the measurements that are being taken like I'm doing everything I can. I just said like to redu- reduce those external variables to impact the number I get as the speed. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like amazing, I know. <laughs> guys. Are you okay? Like, I hope people are drooling like I am because that's a lot. And I guess and 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 but that's a great thing because yeah. if someone has to do it, you don't like. I went to a couple bars and people were just playing cornhole and you just kind of show up and drunk people are playing yeah. and you don't think about like, there's a science behind it. There's a league behind it. There's people who would dedicate their time to this. Yeah. And I guess with, with, with the material, you said there was a canvas material for the, for the bags, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have one with like actually canvas. So here's, here's all the bags I got. 
a few. A few. Um, and I guess they all... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's probably the... That's the closest one that's going to be a traditional like slick and stick bag. So oh, I see. This, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's ha- so guys, like what I'm feeling right now, it's like half. It's like, hold on. Do you guys hear that? It feels very soft on one side. Very soft on one side. Like almost like a. It's suede. Suede. Yeah, yeah suede. Okay. And then what is this? They, um, I think the closest name I've ever heard anybody call is just a vanilla fabric. Okay. It's actually a very popular fabric that you find in almost it's every manufacturer. Beefy. Yeah. It's girthy. It's not, it doesn't look heavy. Yeah. But it feels. It kind of does. So that's like the other part. Is like um, the American Cornhole League. Mm-hmm. That's the people you see playing cornhole on ESPN. They are the American Cornhole League. There's two other ones that are out there. That are like kind of regulatory bodies, what you probably call them, kind of like the uh, NFL and like the Canadian Football League. They have their rules of like what cornhole is and how you play it, and kind of creating rules as they go along to make sure that game's fair and it's easier to understand what's going on. Um, but the American Cornhole League has very set standards or like restrictions on bags, and they actually certify bags to be used in play. So like the bags you see on ESPN, they had to have been approved by one, the American Cornhole League, and then two, ESPN. And they both have their own regulations and rules to allow them to be played. Um, But bags have to be six inches by six inches. So Mm -hmm. like six inches wide by six inches tall. That's where the name six by six bags comes from. Um, Plus or minus, I think it's a quarter of an inch. And then the thickness of the bag it is 1.25 inches plus or minus an eighth of an inch. The weight is 16 ounces plus or minus, uh, it's like a quarter of an inch up and a half of an inch, or quarter of an ounce up and half an inch down. Mm-hmm. So like it's a little range. And then the corner radius is, it's the corner roundness, but it's not actually a radius. If you put the bag in a square, a perfect square, the corner of the bag can be no more than a half of an inch from a perfect square. So imagine like, just drawing larger and larger radiuses or like half circle quarter circles from that corner. Mm-hmm. And it can't be more than a half of an inch away. Is this a league regulated or just for, so they're like most players who play cornhole. If you go to like the random bar down the road, mm-hmm. play cornhole, they don't care about the bags. Like usually probably don't care about the bags they play with and they just play to have fun and that's it. But a lot of the leagues, they care about the bag being ACL certified mm-hmm. Um, like that's actually the main one, right? Like there's the ACO, which is American Cornhole Organization. They have bags that they certify, but they also just kind of take those from the ACL. Like ACL is the big dog. ACO is the one that's kind of like, yeah, we'll do some things just like them. And then they run leagues around the country and stuff like that. But like last year, the ACL certified 400 and something different series of bags. And what's what's inside this again? That's the plastic resin. So the they're plastic just little resin. plastic resin pellets, yeah. And so when they 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 check these off to to like when you have a bag to to kind of like yeah. uh to to go under the the the, the microscope, can you like fill it with like a little like pieces of like lead or something else heavy to kind of give cuz you essentially you want probably could girth, but, right? Is that Well, so that, How could that, we that verify come, that it's it is what it is? You we don't know. I mean, that thing is like we just hope that people are doing that. We all expect that the ACL is certifying bags that are being played with mm-hmm. by what happened, like what 
like, hey, this is our rules, this is our regulations, we need to make sure we do that. Um, there are some things to say, like, if you put, like, little lead pellets or BBs or something in them, because they don't deform, there's going to be more damage to cornhole board tops. And people will actually get probably really frustrated. They're like, hey, this dude's bags just destroyed my board mm-hmm. because whatever is in them is, like, super, like, super hard. Um, aren't the boards wood primarily yeah. and and isn't there like a like a like a, There's a epo- epoxy or something on yeah top of a lot of people use polyacrylic uh-huh. like a water-based polyacrylic okay which also has its own issues mm-hmm. um but yeah they use polyacrylic but still like imagine bouncing a bb off of like throwing it 27 feet in the air mm-hmm. and hitting a piece of wood with a bb that mm, weighs fair. a little bit right and, like but it's not just one it's a pound of them hitting on a wood surface like they're gonna start causing some deformation or like or dimpling and stuff on the board whereas like the plastic ones because the you hope the polyacrylic is mm-hmm. more rigid or more dense than the plastic inside of the bags it would deform the pellets not deform the surface of the board so when you first started and you started getting the r&d for this and you've perfected because you had to have a moment where you've perfected your first bag and you were like this is it how long did that take you to get your first one i don't make bags i only test bags i mean like how test them then when was your first one that you're like this is the one i mean i so the bag that i I have a bag that i love Uh this one right here so that one's that's the one i use so the one in your left hand is the one that I use. That's the one I play with when I go to leagues, like anywhere in Oregon. This one feels a lot better. It's just way different. It Um, feels a lot, um, not as... It's not as stiff or as stiff. stiff, yeah. yeah. But like that's part of it. Like different resins. Like if you have a a higher density resin, you don't have to have as many pellets inside of the bag to make a pound. Mm, Okay. Right. So because of the bag, because of that, you can like bend the bag or you can uh, like put your fingers through the pellets inside of it Mm -hmm. and like touch your fingers. And that's kind of like we call it like looseness or floppiness of a bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And people, there are some people who just love floppy bags and some people who just love, we call like thicker or stiffer bags. Yeah. This one's a lot stiffer too. Yeah. And that's a brand new one. Like never been thrown. It came out of a box this morning. Okay. Um, And yeah, those are like they're Minnesota tailgate Omega bags. Um, He's out of Minnesota, super awesome guy. He actually helped me in the development of my flop procedures, like research to do it. What's flop procedure? Uh, so let's d- determine like how, if they're, if you can measure floppiness of a bag. So like, it, um, oh, I got another one for you. Uh, this one. If you feel like the difference in, you can feel the difference in like how we like just grab like both halves of it and you can just how easy it is to bend or like uh-huh. just like flip it or flop around like how easy that is to bend flip, flop around compared to the yellow that one at that oh like, yeah you okay. see how like that one like just kind of slumps over your hands yep where the other one just is like firm and you can't do that mm-hmm. so that's what the easiest way to like describe like floppiness of a bag um so you can just like flip it around there's a there's like it could be a bigger bag with the same amount of beads like they just disperse over a larger area um People like floppier bags because they can kind of fit through holes better. Like if you have two bags sitting next to each other, a floppier bag will compress and like morph to shapes a little bit more compared to a firm bag, which is like shove stuff up the board. Um, so like floppy bags have their purpose. Stiff bags have their purpose. Slow bags, fast bags. Like there's technique to all of these people carry. Like when we go to league and we know we're going to be inside, we'll carry two or three different sets of bags. Because the longer you're in a room, the more people who are in there, the higher the humidity is going to get and the, 
and the hotter it's going to get. And that actually changes how fast or how slow those boards actually are. Do you, like, do you account for like sweaty hands too and the moisture yeah, in that? That's kind of the part of it. Yeah. Like you, like those are all things like as the environment changes, you need to have different bags and you need to be comfortable with having throwing different bags. And so when you play in your league and, and you're, you're, you're set up, you're doing how many bags do you bring with you and what types do you bring? So if you're going like if you're going to play in the league, you probably want to bring two or three sets of bags. Uh-huh. You'll have like your go-to bag that you're like, I'm good with this. You want one that's probably a little slower on both sides, like slower on one side that you're comfortable with, and one that's going to be a little faster that you're comfortable with. Because if it gets colder or like the humidity drops, your bags are your boards are most likely going to get faster. Um, if the humidity gets higher, your your boards are going to get slower. So you need bags to be able to adjust to those things. But there are people who walk in with twelve sets of bags. 12 sets. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> and the, that's those, dedication. Those, I like that. Yeah. And those carry a duffel bag. And that's, that's just part of their part of what they have. Mm-hmm. Like these are the 12 that I have right now that I'm playing with. I got another 30 sets at home or whatever. Like it's super common. You'll run to people like, it's like collecting shoes, like cornhole bag. Like people who collect corn, like series of cornhole bags are like collect like shoe collectors or like shoe heads. Cause there's cornhole manufacturers that like right now it's Halloween. There are custom Halloween decorated bags that are being uh, sold by a bunch of companies that you're only going to get them once that design's only going to be a one-time deal and they're never going to be around again and so how did you come up with six by six then those the the size of the bag is six inches by six uh-huh. inches so and so six by six just very just to the point yeah yeah i like that because like it, it's it's it, i like simplicity and and i like like the minimalist look do you see people come in with very flashy designs and it does on or, their bags? On their bags? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that That's one? a nice one. Yeah. That is cool. That one. What about the stitching on this? Does it, is it, what kind of stitching do you guys use for the bags? And does that take uh, play in like the, 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 the thickness of the, 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 the thread? Yeah. So everybody always like talks about using like industrial sewing machines, industrial thread, mm-hmm. because you don't want like your bag to blow up in the middle of uh, like, True. especially the seam. Like it happens. I've seen bags do that. Like you throw it, it hits the corner of a board or it hits like the edge of a board and it'll just blow up and you'll be like, Hey, the <laughs> stitching is really beads. nice though. Um, but yeah, these ones are all actually like super nice bag, super nice ones. Um, on the, the Minnesota ones and those orange bags, mm-hmm. the ones in the middle, there's fabric on them that are both the exact same. So that i think it's the fabric on the other side so that would be like the slower of the two fabrics mm-hmm. and the, the ones i'm going to start like the weave is a little bit larger mm-hmm. so it's likely to stretch out a little bit more and because of that it might be like, easier to get like a snag in it and be like as it stretches out like you can you can get the snag and just rip it a little bit easier especially if it's like a not a quality not as not high of a quality of board the bag will go across it and catch a piece of wood and just like rip it right open gotta get a new new set of bags because most places don't just sell a single bag they sell sets of four or sets of eight and 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 for them like one material i'm really curious about is like what's the burlap material is that a is that a is that a valid form for a bag and yeah Yeah, i mean and where does that fall on the scale it Uh, it kind of looks like pretty similar here i'll just get you all (laughs) <laughs> he has bags for everything guys it's awesome yeah um but it's like we have them for like the bags we've tested are from all over the u.s right so mm-hmm. the one with the tiger on it that's the eugene it's called ecl or eugene cornhole league um he's out of eugene he makes bags in the pacific northwest so he knows 
the weather around here, right? That Nature Coast tailgating one, the black, that guy is in Florida. Like that company's based in Florida, so they play in high high heat, high humidity. So their fabrics are just completely different. This feels a lot different. Yeah. This feels like something I'm comfortable with this. I, yeah. uh, this one is feels like almost uh, like pristine. Like maybe it's because of the the, <laughs> the 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 texture of it. But yeah. yeah, but like this feels something I want to play with. Yeah. And uh, but the thing is, like that one, the yellow one. Yes. Is cheaper than the black one. Really? Yeah. Huh. By roughly how much for an average set like to make so somebody getting into it you could spend like 45 dollars 50 bucks get a solid set of bags Mm -hmm. like um like the bottom ones on there uh this very bottom the ones i sent it there were yeah so like eugene tailgate ones Mm -hmm. his bags run like 50 to like 90 dollars because like the fabrics that are used different fills stuff like that but there are companies who sell bags for $120 a set, $140 a set. Um, and, and like shoes, yeah. there's there's a pristine model. What is pristine in your world? Uh, that's hard. So there's some bags, like uh, a company called Reynolds. Mm-hmm. They have they use a CNC sewing machine. They can do 24 bags at a time. Mm-hmm. All of the bags are sewn exactly the same. So like there's a template or the design on the bags are facing each other. They sew them. They cut them out. They flip them inside out, Mm -hmm. they fill them with a bead, and then they have another CNC sewing machine that does a seam closure. Super clean. It's actually really close to the edge. I've I've seen a lot of those bags. I've played with those bags. They last a long time. They're also like an OG cornhole bag manufacturer, and they have the reputation to hold up. Um, And they have a good brand, and like there's a lot of good followers. But then there's a company called Ultra out of California, and it's kind of like doing like here's the Adidas, here's the Adidas of the cornhole world, and Ultra is like the Nike of the cornhole world. Like people love their bags. They always have like new technology, new fabrics. Like they're always doing R and D on their bags and coming out with new cool stuff. Um, but a majority of the bags that are out there are people just like this is my aesthetic, and I'm making bags to my aesthetic, and people love that aesthetic and they buy those bags. How would you describe your play style? Oh, my play style. I'm, these are my throw. I have a moderate height throw. So like when I throw a bag, it gets like eight, 10 feet in the air. It's not like we have like, there's a low arc where it's like people are throwing like a fast pitch to the board. So Mm -hmm. it's like, doesn't go more than like six feet in the air, but it throws, but it's 27 feet across. So when it hits, it's a very shallow angle when it hits the board, which means it's going to be real fast and slide right off the board. I have a moderate one, so if I need to, I can throw it low. If I need to, I can throw it high. But there, and with that, I have a medium kind of speed bag. I have the side of my bag that I use is the opposite side. So the the bottom, that's the side that I always throw down mm-hmm. because it's going to hit and it'll slow down before it goes to the hole, or it's going to get real close to it and fall in something like that. But if I need to, I can flip it over, use the fast side, and you can push. Is <laughs> there? Is, you're the same distance through and through, right? Every, every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Okay, so you don't have to get closer. And so, does you're are you left-handed or right-handed? I'm right-handed. Right-handed. So when you throw right-handed, is is it? It's not like throwing a ball, obviously. Yeah. It's more like a, how would you describe you, the technique? Yeah. So my technique. I don't. So there's. Steppers and there are non-steppers and there's like kind of semi-steppers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some people where we call like squatters. So I don't step. 
I do like a little bit of a squat, like I'll kind of squat down and throw, but my hand will start with my thumb towards my side. Mm -hmm. And then as I swing through, I rotate my thumb towards the ceiling and let go. And that creates a natural rotation in the bag as I throw it. So it spins. I see. Okay. Um, There's some people, it's like just their arm. They will do that and they flick it more, which will make it spin faster. Some people have like a shot put kind of one where their arm is bent next to their side and then when they they like shove it and they spin it and it'll fly through the air. Um, it sounds like spinning it is key though. To spinning get it. it helps with accuracy and keeping the bag level. So something that's super helpful is if you can keep your if your bag lands flat, it's going to slide up the board in a more predictable manner. Um, there are people like you'll see people who first start off and they just kind of throw it in the bag like tumbles end over end when it hits the board, and that's good for some things. There's actually like a, a shot it's called the flop shot where it, you intentionally hit and it rolls up over other bags okay right so okay. like there's people there's techniques and like styles that are in meant to roll but in if you're just throwing because you're playing against somebody and your bag rolls it's going to be super it's a lot more it's a lot harder to predict on where it's going to go when it's tumbling because you don't know exactly at what point it's going to hit like is it going to be on a flat side or is going to be in a seam um, you'll see people where they throw it and it's vertical in the air where like one side's facing left and one side's facing right instead of like, yeah. Is this way like, ver- like this that's way vertical? Just, I read, I read, is that a good technique? Not I don't the know. best technique okay. because it's full. It's, it's cause it's vertical and the same thing. Like if it hits on the fast side and flops over, it's going to shoot off the back of the board. If you're hoping it lands on the slow side, don't like, you get more predictability if it's vertical versus Horizontal is way more predictable than yeah. vertical, okay. um, especially playing outside. You're uh-huh. throwing a vertical bag and a, bus, a gust of wind comes through. Mm-hmm. Your bag's now three to six inches off to that one side of the wind compared to where you expect it on a, with the horizontal throw. Oh, okay. I see um, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's different throws. So, there's like the step, which is like what you expect. There's you. Somebody will take a step and throw. Uh, two different ways. You can either step up to the line and throw or there's people who they start at the line, step and throw, and they end up in front of the board. There's also like contra- like there's rules that say you can do that. You have to let go of the bag before your foot hits the ground in front of the line. Um, ultimately, it gets you about two and a half feet closer just from like watching video and stuff like analyzing. It's like, hey, that person who's stepping and throwing, you're you're only like three feet closer, which is in if you're throwing a couple hundred times a night in the league for some reason, that saves a lot of energy. And like you can last a little longer, be more predictable, like more accurate in the long run. But there's some people who are like, I don't, we don't like that. Like you shouldn't ever step, like whatever it is. Um, there's like always things in Coral World. Like there's a guy who like steps in front of the board when he lands. Mm-hmm. Like he'll land in front of the board and be like, what is this? Like that screws with the guy next to you, but like that's how he throws. Um, so yeah, so there's the step either from mid board to, to the line or behind the line over the line. As I said, like there's a semi-step where like you just kind of roll forward. You, you like transition weight from like your back foot to your front foot and throw. Um, there's the squat where like you kind of squat down and then you use your legs and throw it. And then there's like deep squats. There's like some people who like will go into like half squat, stand up, and then throw the bag. And when you think of like a the step, is that for like distance or what? Yeah, is that? Um, okay. It actually goes into like a physio a purely a physiological aspect of it of like mm-hmm. strength, right? Um, I have to be a bigger guy. I have oodles of strength that I can just throw a bag all night long and be consistent because 
I have the musculature for it. Mm-hmm. The people you see who do steps, like there's a guy in our league who he does a step for a couple specific throws because he needs extra momentum behind the bag. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking a step, you need more momentum. If you're doing a squat, you need to put more momentum or more energy into the bag because your arm can't do that in an efficient manner. Does it make sense? Yeah, but what, okay. I guess would you... In, well, I guess you can't really, if you're in league, then you couldn't really undercompensate by getting a lighter bag. You yeah, have yeah. to stay the same. All bags have to be Dang. a pound plus okay. or minus. Yeah. So like you, you have to get used to throwing that one pound mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just how what your technique is. Like there's some people who like they'll throw and they have like this kick out in the back. And it's like, yeah, like it's a way to keep balance, but like it's transfer of energy. Like everything is a transfer of energy from your body into the bag to make it from your side to the other side where you want it. Um, and this is like my background, like there's a thing called like the inverted U of accuracy Mm -hmm. and the low, like the lower amount of energy you're putting into something, you're going to start off with like low energy, low accuracy and about 70%. You're going to be, if you're 70% of your maximum output, you're going to be your highest accuracy. And if you go higher than that, it kind of goes back down. Right. It's like, Lower, lower energy, not as accurate. Because you go up, it gets more accurate. If you're getting like really high, you lose accuracy. But then like maximum effort, for some weird reason, you actually increase in accuracy. And more or less, if you have to put out like 80, 95% of that effort every single time, you're not going to be as accurate if you're only putting out 70% effort. And when you're putting in that much accuracy and, and effort... Yeah. And and they both coincide with each other. What's luck got to do with it too? Is that a factor at all? Do you guys like just? Yeah. I mean, there's always luck of like you'll throw a bag and it just happens to hit in a certain way, and you're like, didn't want, didn't expect that. That was the cool thing. Like, I've seen people like they're like, I'm just going to put the bag in the board. Like, there's a three bag, a couple of bags there, and like the here are my like my bags are kind of stacked up around it, but there's somebody else's bag there. They hit your bag, your bag gets knocked off the board and drags their three bags in. You're like. I have never seen anything like this before. It was like, it's bound to happen, like chance that's going to happen. And mm-hmm. there's always luck. Um, but when you get to a point, like you've played enough, you have enough skill. Luck is a very small aspect of it. And it is your skill and your strategy and technique of like what your game plan is. Like, so your partner or your opponent throws certain ba- bags in certain places. Like, what is your strategy to combat that to make sure that you're not letting them get points and maximizing your number of points and stuff like that. So that's where it comes down to like different throw techniques and like being able to basically like push, do a blocker, something called air mail where you like hit your bag does nothing but go through the hole. There's like drag bags where like your bags hanging in the hole and you can pull your bag in with another bag as it goes through the hole. Like, there's all these different throws that come into come in. <laughs> What's it called when it, when it hits the board and then it goes right in? That's just going in, getting the hole. Just, just getting the hole. Okay. Yeah. And what did you say it was when it goes right in, like a swoosh? Airmail. Airmail. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm glad you said that because like uh, it almost sounds like you know like basketball players when they throw like, they they get threes all the time. It's yeah. muscle memory. I mean, yeah. Do you have a lot of muscle memory and why aren't can't you just shoot the the airmails all the, the constantly? It is. There definitely is. Um, People can do that. Like, there are a lot of people who can build that muscle memory. But the hard part is, like, no one's ever, no one's the same. Like, my muscle memory and your muscle memory are never going to be the same. Right. We could throw the same number of bags with the same intention or goal and 
after if we did like a retention test, like we go out and we practice for five days in a row doing the exact same practice routine. And then in a week we try and do a post test or like a retention test to see who did it. You may do better on that retention test than I do because your muscle memory just clicked a little bit better that day. Wow. I guess I'm thinking about like all these <laughs> like numbers and like I, I picture like like all the zeros and ones involved in this. Um, and I guess the numbers had to come from somewhere. So like I guess now yeah. other factors is there. You're right. If how how physical they are are they you know more of a chubbier person are they less active type of person yeah and and how that plays and how do you and how you get those numbers um it, 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 a lot of it like you just tell you like a lot of the strategy that people talk about like uh-huh. hey you're learning to play cornhole the biggest thing that people talk about is like you want the bag to do x y and z right you want it to make sure that it's got a spin to it and that it's hitting the board kind of like the first third and you want to, especially like learning, you want to hit like the first third of the board because then you have enough time for the bag to stop before it goes off the backside of the board. If you have like a really shallow, a, a shallow throw where it's like not very high as it goes across, like, all right, hey, you want to release a little higher. And like, there's always little things that people talk about to get your throw better. But there, I've not heard many people talk about, hey, why do you step and why shouldn't I step? And be like, hey, are you having a hard time getting it to the other side of the board? then you should step like that. Those kind of things aren't happening. Like there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I step. So you should step like I'm successful with my throw. So you should mimic my throw. Um, or like let's say my background, my master's is like, is in kinesiology and my focus was in motor learning, motor development. It's like, how do you teach people to do new motor tasks and like learn new skills? So like I'm watching these people talk and like, Oh, this is what I do. And you should do this thing. I'm like, <laughs> cool. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let this new guy who's never played before, have 12 different people tell him to play, which I actually think is good uh-huh. because that gives you 12 different ways to learn how to throw and pick up little bits of each one of them to figure out what works best for you. But then ultimately when you find like, this is what feels right for me, it's refining. It's just continuing to throw. Like the more you throw, the less you have to worry about your step and what your arms doing. And then you can start accurate working on like, all right, I'm going to try and do a blocker bag or you're going to stick it right in front of the hole or you're going to work on a push where like you hit that blocker bag and then you push that bag into the hole. Like you can work on those more technical shots because you don't worry about the rest of your body moving. But yeah. Well, how do you feel about, uh, what's the etiquette on overhand throwing? I've never seen it. No one really does it. Yeah. Is that no, you know, like a I mean, Kobe. Perfect. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> yo, um, win. I think I, you see some people do it like for fun and jokingly, but I can't say I've ever seen somebody, do that as their all-time throw and there's no like numbers on because a lot it's underhand but yeah. um there's no data to back up you know like 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 yeah. throwing throwing th- uh, like threes yeah you know i mean i think it's just we have to like build the musculature like in my brain like throwing overhand there's a lot more muscles and joints involved mm-hmm. in your especially in your arm to be accurate compared to if you just do a stiff arm step arm a stiff arm like where you lock out your elbow like using your shoulder and just doing a step to throw mm-hmm. um like you have to worry about you're stepping forward so that's fine and the only control you have to worry about is the musculature in your shoulder directing the bag where it's supposed to go or if you're shooting a throw a three like you have your wrist your elbow your shoulder especially if you, like, you lean left left or right like that changes a lot of things um but I guess- there's nothing i'm not saying you couldn't do it like the people I, the people i've done it i've seen do it 
have jokingly done it. I, I figured there'd be some sort of etiquette then. People would kind of look at you funny if you kind of... And, and that'll be it. Like, But if, if you walked in and you were thrown overhand and you were super successful, do it. Rock with it. Yeah. No one's... That's not a rule though, right? That's um, not... Not that... I, like, off the top of my head, I do not believe there is a rule that says you have to throw underhand. Uh-huh. There might be something in the ACL. I don't have those memorized. Sure, sure, sure. But if you walked into the leagues here in Salem and were thrown overhand and you were successful... You may change a couple of minds on how people are supposed to start throwing. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'll be doing that because I can't even make threes half the time, so it doesn't even matter. But like, yeah. um, I guess now I'm curious on like trick shots. Is that does yeah, there, no. is there a point system to trick shots, or is it just as long as you get it into the hole? Uh, there's no trick shots at all, really. Um, the biggest part is like there's different types of throws on mm-hmm. how they what they do once they hit the boards. That's saying like. You have a traditional throw, like most people when they start playing, they're like, my goal is to get it on the board four out of four times. And they're like, all right, I'm getting it on the board four out of four times. Now I'm going to try and get it in the hole four out of four times, right? You build these very basic skills and they're like, all right, I want to get it in the hole two times on the board two times. Like you switch it up, but then there's like, so then there's the blocker bag, which is like you're throwing your bag and it stops right in front of the hole, which then hopefully deters your opponent from pushing your bag in the hole because then you're guaranteed point. You're guaranteed points, and they're they're not. So yeah, like uh, in cornhole, if you get your bag in the hole, it's three points. If you get your bag on the board, it's two points. And then we call it cancellation scoring. So you add up all the points that you have. They add up all the points they have, and then you just do the difference of the points. So we played. You got eight points. I got five points. The difference is three. So you would you would get three points for that round. And then you go to whoever gets twenty one points first, and that's it. You can break twenty one. Um, and most places go all the way up to 25. So we're at 1919 and you get 10 points. The cap is still 25, but that's what you get. Like you would still get, still get 25 points. And, uh, how many bags per round can you use? Only four. So each round you get four bags. You, I would throw, you would throw, I would throw, you'd throw till we use all of our bags. Mm -hmm. If you scored points that round, you then get to go first. So whoever scored points the last round or the last person to have scored points then throws first. So what does your arsenal look like? Do you have to have the same bags or do you have different? Yeah. So if if we're playing, I have to use the exact same four bags Uh for that entire game. Unless for some reason I get a blowout, then there's a chance you may get a switch or somebody else hopefully has like one of those bags that you can use, but that's it. So like you throw those four bags for that game. And if you're like, wow, I didn't do well with those, you can switch to another set of bags for the next game, but not during that same game. What was your accuracy with four same bags? Do you use the same technique or yeah, I mean, do you like switch it up? My technique when I throw... I. I usually just try and get them around the hole because mm-hmm. um, if you can get them to the hole, like if you, there's like the line, like if you throw it and it's towards the hole, if you underthrow it, you get a blocker. If you overthrow it, you get it in the hole unless you like you really overthrow it. And then you just like slide off the back and you just skip the hole together. Mm-hmm. Um, my, because I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to start working on like blocker bags all the time. Or I'm not going to, I'm going to work on my airmail. Like I try and do that in practice, but my main goal is usually like I'm going to try and block somebody or just get them in the hole. Um, I was like decent at one point and then we haven't played for three months at this point. Like even through the whole pandemic, we didn't play as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. So once we get back into it, I got to play a lot. But there's a lot more people playing than what used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like the, the pool is a lot bigger. So there's a lot of great players nowadays. 
And uh, how big is the like for Cherry City, for example? How big is that league? And and what how what's the accessibility for like a Joe Schmo like me to just join or even just start? Yeah. So sadly, right now Cherry City they they don't do games every week. Um, mm-hmm. That's like that was the main one. But there is Willamette Valley Cornhole, Kingdom Cornhole, Lynn. It's like the Lynn County Cornhole based in Albany. There's one that's Oregon City Cornhole. They play in Wilsonville. 503 Cornhole plays in, like, just east of uh, Oregon City. Then there's the Columbia River one, which they play in Vancouver. There's Cowlitz Coney. There's, like, teams that go all the way up into Seattle, all the way down to California. Like, every major area, there's usually a Cornhole League. Um, if you ever want to play games, you the easiest way to do it is either look on Facebook for Cornhole Leagues in a certain area um, there's a website called Cornhole Finder, mm-hmm. and they have hundreds of leagues across the United States in it. Or the app that most people use to run tournaments and stuff is called Scoreholio, and you can actually search for tournaments and stuff in Scoreholio. Like, I'm gonna be in Miami this weekend. Who's playing game? Who's playing cornhole in Miami? You can search like for Miami, Florida, Florida within 50 miles, and it'll show you all of the games coming up in the next two weeks. And you can be like, oh, you can pre-register directly through that, stuff like that. Um, but if you're in a league, usually reaching out to the league or checking like Scoreholio, a lot of the places around here, like Lynn County, you're like, I'm going to go to Albany on Thursday to play Cornhole. Let's check the website, or let's check Scoreholio and see if they have any open spots. And you can register, like pre-register for it. Um, when we have leagues around here, there's usually like pre-sign-ups. So like, hey, we're going to have 40 people on Tuesdays, 40 people on Thursdays pre-register and they do that a couple of months in advance so you can kind of schedule it out yourself and be like it's going to be 50 bucks and it's going to be 10 weeks long you get points for the games you win um every single week and that over the 10 weeks and then you get seeded into a double elimination bracket from the points you earned during the 10-week league and then from the double elimination bracket you get like first second and third from that night of the league um, what was the money like? Or is we there, don't like a lot of places. Like most of the places through Scoreholio, you'll pay ten, fifteen bucks a night to play, mm-hmm. and they usually pay out the top three players okay. or top three teams. And a lot of places will do uh, what they call round blind draw round robin. So you show up, you get matched with four different people for four different games against four random other teams. And from your win-loss ratio and the points you scored and the points that were scored against you, you then get put with somebody in the league. So, like, there's usually, like, 1 through N, which is could be, like, 24. The top 12 people, it's, they do either top and bottom, so 1 gets put with 24 and then all the way to the middle, or they put 1 with 13, 2 with 14, all the way down to where 12 is then stuck with... 24 mm-hmm. um, then those people will then play in a double elimination bracket to the end um, but you could win like there are nights where you could go win 50 60 bucks that's not bad at all yeah and I mean it's like not uh, bad at all like it'll be like the Eagles or Oaks Lodge where like you're eating dinner and getting drinking some beers and stuff so like hey cool I spent $30 a night so I netted 30 bucks that's not so bad right um that, yeah. that is that sounds like and actually you're just having a lot of fun doing because it, it doesn't seem like yeah. work to you no, everything you described it sounds like work but you probably don't even see it that way no, like it's and like and that's the cool part like everywhere we go we know people everybody's super awesome 
if you're getting into cornhole and you want to play, like showing up to one of those league nights, or not even a league night, just showing up to one of those nights where they're playing cornhole and be like, I'm brand new, I'm trying to get into this, like I've seen it on ESPN, like I really want to learn how to play and see if it's for me, the nicest people. Like the people who are running these leagues and most of the people in the leagues are super welcoming, love anybody who comes in, um, very polite and like warm people. And I'd super encourage anybody to play. Like that's how we did it, right? We, we got in, we kind of have like our own cornhole family. Like we know people and like their families and like we get invited to like barbecues and stuff. Like it's, it's awesome. I love like the community that we have very supportive. Um, there's a lot of fundraisers like Lynn County, the guy who runs Lynn County, he does several fundraiser cornhole leagues a year, like hundred percent of the proceeds everything go to this fundraising event but he provides boards he provides the scoreboards like all of this stuff for them to use for this tournament he's like as long as i get to play like (laughs) i will he even buys into the tournament to play in the tournament because he loves playing cornhole that much i love the the the, the camaraderie here the the community that you have here that's actually like very I think that's what fascinates me more in, in group activities is like the community behind it because like you like say you go to the park and try to you know get pick up a basketball game you know those people are kind of like ah, get out of here <laughs> so it's kind of like it's very refreshing to find you know you know activities that are very welcoming to yeah. all ages and and just like athletic uh, ability right because right? I mean at the end of the day, like I, I feel like I'm not the most athletic person but I can still pick it up and it won't be as harsh as if i was like to play a pickup game of uh, i don't know yeah. basketball <laughs> um so i guess i'm also curious really quick so from from when you first picked up a bag you first did the spark yeah and all this to today us talking tonight how long has that been how long have you been in the game oh like three and a half years wow that's so like but i'm kind of i'm closer to like in salem of the people i know like we played a little bit longer than some people, mm-hmm. um, but there are guys who we know have been playing for twenty years. Wow! Right, and they but they grew like they just grew up playing it or something. There's a family that's in like just over at Oregon City, and they're like they start they came they started coming to the league, and they were just like dominating. Like how long have you guys been playing? They're like oh, we've been playing our entire lives. We've just never known about cornhole leagues. Mm-hmm. So like these guys have never played against like they've only played against family. And like yeah, you're really good. Um, so like my partner. Her, Cornhole tournament in Salem, the Capital City Cornhole Classic. The first year they had the tournament, there are two dudes who played in their backyard who took second. They've never played against <laughs> any of these competitive people in leagues, and they're like, "Wow, apparently we're pretty good." Um, I think you mentioned that like young kids were doing it, and they yeah. were like really good, better than the than the some of the more seasoned yeah, players. Um, the guy who runs five zero three, his son on the regular is in the top three of any league he plays in. Uh He's really good. Uh, There's a kid in our league, like we we started playing with in Cherry City. Him and his dad play all the time. He's really good. But like there's more and more kids, like uh, teens and stuff who are starting to play. And you're like, yeah, like you play all the time. Like the kid from uh, 503, he throws three or 400 bags a night because he cares enough to do that, right? Kind of like the Michael Jordan thing. Like, I'm going to throw every single night with intention because that's how you get better. The muscle memory. I think yeah. I mean, like you build that m- muscle memory, especially at a young age. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like if, if I'm an older guy, I feel like it'd be harder to kind of retain that. But at the same time, I don't know. What do you think? Is there statistics um, on that? No, there's the hard part, right? Like he's still a young kid. Like he still has a lot of body development to go through. Mm-hmm. So he's going to hit that like 
15, 16 age where his body is going to hit a big growth spurt and he's going to be gangly and he's not going to understand his proprioception of like where his body's going. But as long as he's still throwing, like he may plateau for a little while, but once he like fully matures, like to where his body's kind of set, he'll be awesome. Like he's just going to be a killer player. And I think that's going to be one of those things that's going to be hard for him is he's just going to slowly, slowly get better until he hits like that maturity. Like his body's not going to change much. Like he's not going to get much taller but he may get more muscular, like muscle mass, and that's going to be only a benefit for him. And wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 still very fascinated. This is yeah. great. I'm loving all of this. I'm loving the bags. This is very yeah. very fascinating stuff, people. Uh, I'm just kind of now curious on like what your favorite part of this whole journey, the three year and a half years play yeah. plus. What was your favorite part of this whole journey? What what's good in your life right now, or what's good in this whole journey that you can be like proud of and very excited about? Yeah, I mean. I really do love the community. Like I can't speak enough of how awesome the people we have met that we play Cornwall with. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, we can go to Bend, we can go to like Seattle and we can play with people that we have met and they will be welcoming to us. And I really do feel like the Cornwall community is very open and welcoming to whoever plays. Um, and that's super nice to feel welcome wherever you go. Like I went and visited my mom in Idaho and I was like, Hey, like, I see you guys have league. And they're like, yeah, come on down. Like, no one knew me. I got pulled out. And they're like, hey, like, you've been playing for a while. Like, we're brand new. Like, what are things that you do we should know about? And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> sounds good. Um, like, I love the community and the friends that we've made playing Cornhole. Um, I just love that I've also created this, right? Like, six by sixes. It's turned into, like, a hobby. Like, I always get made fun of for having a hobby of the week. Like, I've always done something different because I've like piques my interest and it's always cool. And this is something that I'm like, I can do this, right? Like I can create everything I need to be successful to continue to do this. And it's open doors for me. Like I know there's professionals across the country that I've met. Um, they're like big names. Like they're cool people I've met through my website. Um, and we're slowly growing and getting more like followers and people who use the site to be like, Hey, is your bag on six by six? No. Oh crap. That's, well, how do I compare it to Reynolds bags, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know your bags and they feel good, but, like, I want to know how they compare. Like, I know what a Reynolds bag is like, but, like, how does the speed compare? And that's, it's like, it's cool to hear people really asking for us. Like, hey, can you get so-and-so's bags? I want to see how they compare to so-and-so on your site. Um, is there an end game with 6x6? Six six where, like, where do you see yourself in five years going with this? Um, I would love, that's the hard, that's always the hard one. I want to get to the point where it's like, we are the go-to, right? Like we are not associated or affiliated with any sort of organization. Um, so we're completely independent. Like we have no stake in ACL and what their numbers are, right? We mm-hmm. are, we don't care. Like they do their own speed testing for people, but you have to pay a thousand dollars a series. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I want to get my bag certified. Here's a thousand bucks plus my bags. Then you get your num these numbers. And I'm like, give me 50 bucks. I'll do it. Right. Like we're not asking for a lot. We're just trying to be like, this is my time to get the bags tested and get them up on the site for everybody to use. Uh, And like, I want to be able to get to a point where it's, it's more sustaining, right? Like right now it's kind of like this cool side hobby that gets me some money, but I'd love to get to the point where it's like, this is a legitimate income revenue, like income stream that I don't like that. I that I enjoy doing, and with that income stream, I can like create better and better tech like things to make the technology or like my measurements better. Right, I'm always 
thinking of the next iteration of my measurement devices to make them even better. Um, like I, the most recent thing for like measuring the coefficient of friction, I had to use Raspberry Pi, like stepper motor controller, stepper motors. I got a force gauge, like pieced all of this stuff together. I had to code it in, code it on my Raspberry Pi in Python, but it's like, I put the bag on, put in the name of the bags, say what side of the bag it is, hit go, and it measures it all for me. Like I don't have to worry about impacting the bag's measurements at all. And then the most recent thing we did is I got a little personal changing room pod that has a sealed ceiling and four walls and goes all the way to the floor, a heater, a dehumidifier, and a humidifier. Mm -hmm. So I can make sure that I'm always at 70 degrees and 50% humidity, plus or minus a few percentages and a few degrees to make sure that all of my bags that are getting measured are consistent and the same so that I can't say that, oh, it's winter in Oregon. It's really humid. Like that's going to mess with the data because poly water-based polyacrylic starts absorbing some of that water when it gets humid, which then changes how fast the bags go. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so like, right. I'm just, but it also gives me that, that flexibility to be like, you know what? I'm going to create a summer day in Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this thing 90% humidity, 90 degrees and measure some bags because I can do that. And I can have that data to be like, Oh, you're going to Florida here. Check. This is how your bags should play in Florida. Or you're going to Arizona where it's like 20% humidity, but 90 degrees. Like this is how it should play on this board. Are you a one man army or do you have a team? It's just me. Like I do all of the testing. Uh, my partner, she's done all the graphic design. She helped to do like website development and stuff like that. She's well, website design. Um, all of the beautiful forward facing stuff she does. Um, I'll like create a Facebook post and like, for data and stuff. And I always get her to proofread it and, um, to make sure that people are going to one, understand what I'm saying, because I have like this very scientific way of my brain puts it out on paper. And she's like, no one knows what that means. I'm like, Sorry, <laughs> hold on. Let me fix this. Um, it's like, I, it, like there's a teamwork between the two of us, um, on like making sure it's all done. But yeah, like all of the, all of the data, all of the data, like the graphs and charts that I create, all of the data analysis, like that's all me. I do all of that stuff on my own. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm very, I'm very enlightened. Actually, you humble me. This is really cool. Cause like, I love meeting people who like have that drive to like have this thing. It was just a, a thing. Yeah. You made it into a bigger thing and uh, you can't really get there with just like, you know, just for funsies, let's do this. Like yeah. you really have to enjoy what you're doing. And like, if you just a rough estimate, I want to know how many man hours did you put into from when you first started R and D to today? Far too many, like (laughs) a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so if I think about it, I have about 140 bags worth of data that is tested. Uh Each bag takes about two hours to measure, Mm -hmm. so that's 280 hours of just bag measuring. If I average the two hours, Um, more than that, because I know when I first started doing it, it took longer. Not to mention website development, which was probably 80 to 120 hours because I'm like, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I have to teach myself all this stuff. And, oh, I have to do this one very specific way to filter bags on my site. And I had to learn the coding for that. Like, I have a couple things like that on the site. Learning Tableau and going through and making sure that all the charts work in Tableau. Um, all the Python coding I had to do was easily 100 hours because I had to do, like, one version and then another version and, like, put pieces together so like it's a good 500 hours probably just to get to this point where i'm at 
That's but amazing. It's fun. Like, but it's also like that. It's, not like, it's the hobby of the week. So I'm like, how do I make this better? And like, it just drives me to like push myself and learn new things and gain new skills, which is cool because it's the random stuff in life that makes me happy. <laughs> I love that. I love that, guys. I mean, you guys heard that. Uh, you guys, I hope you guys heard that. That's freaking amazing um we're kind of winding down now real quick yeah. and everything's going and everything's going really great i'm having a good time talking to you and listening to you i'm actually just like i love when my guests can like talk and just like let me listen because i love learning and i love just learning about the, and this is one thing that i was wanted to learn yeah. uh, with an old friend of mine we were like let's i want to look into cornholing and sure enough, you just fell into my lap somehow. <laughs> and, you know, the universe brought you here. And I'm very, very excited. I literally just want to go to the bar down the street, and just like find somebody and be like, just walk in, you know, yeah. and just give it a shot. I've never really like given it a shot. Yeah. And, I, and now I feel like talking to you, I kind of feel it's a lot more accessible. Yeah. And it's like everybody, like if you can, it's like if you're getting into score, if you're getting into cornhole, like you can go to Walmart and buy a $20 set of, bag, set of bags that's like plastic resin filled. There's a suede side and usually a duck canvas side for 20 bucks. It's a fantastic starter set, right? Very minimal investment in the sport. Um, and then you can go, it's like, if you have score holy of the app and you say like, here's my area, 50 mile radius. What are the upcoming games here in Salem? You can play cornhole six or seven nights a week. No problem. Wow. Yeah. They're happening. And they're having like, they're, I'm trying. I don't. I can't guarantee there are any tonight. I know there are, are some on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, not 100% on Monday. Like there's probably two of them on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, two on Thursday. Right. Like two different leagues playing, and that's between Portland and here. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include Eugene, Albany, like Medford. Like mm-hmm. there's Southern Oregon Cornhole Bend. Like wherever you go, there's a, there's a game going on one or two times a week, almost guaranteed. So corner radius is like, yeah. So like, what I figured out is if you do a circle, the biggest the radius can be is like 1.2 inches, right? Um, of 1.2 inch radius of a circle. We can go all the way to like zero, like it's a perfect square, uh, but it can't be larger than 1.2 inches for the corner radius, which makes it a half of an inch from a perfect square to the edge of edge of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, then like yeah, thickness, um, but yeah, like. So like I take pictures of that, the get really close to the different fabrics. I get the a picture of like how thick the bag is. So you'd be like, oh, like this is how how it looks from the side. Um, like as much as I possibly can, like all of the metrics I measure, I have pictures for just so you have an idea of what you're really getting yourself into. Um and but like all those metrics are available for you to filter. I even have like what I call it my my master comprehensive table. So that you can be like, all right, I want to find a bag with this thickness and this corner radius and these speeds. And you can filter all of those at once instead of just being like, well, here are the speeds and like looking at that. But it's also like those data heads, like they love the data. They go to that one to look at uh-huh. because they can filter that much data. Whereas like the average Joe's like, I want to know, I want to find a bag that's like a three, four for the slow and like a seven, eight for the fast. And you can just filter those. No problem. Gets you all of them really quickly in a very beautiful manner. Um, that was fun creating tables and tableau and <laughs> that just seems that like, like wild though. Like as far yeah. as like all that data. Um, what about like I don't know. What frustrates you more about getting the data? And just the hardest the thing that frustrates me the most is actually getting bags. Like as much information as I have had and as much 
is like people more and more people are like buying into the importance of having a standardized testing method. There's still manufacturers out there who are like, I don't really care, right? Like the people <laughs> who are buying my bags care that I give them a speed, but they don't care what it compares to, right? Like I have my 10 bags and all of my bags are compared to one another, but they don't, but they're not compared to so-and-so, but the average buyer, they're like, well, what are your, what are your speeds of your bags? And in their mind, all of the speeds are the exact same when they're not, right? Like speed, the speed of five between three different manufacturers in their head is the same, but it's not like, it's not how it works because nobody can do that. Um, the closest was like, so ACL, they did that for their pro bags or their, their pro certified bags, which manufacturers have to apply, which is like a couple thousand dollars to apply and get approved. So if they don't get approved, they lose it. Yeah. <laughs> then they have to have a pro player back their bag so that they can even make it to the pro level. And then it's another thousand dollars per series to be approved for the pro level. There's benefits to the pro level because they can be used by professionals on TV, mm-hmm. but that's it. But the number of people who are using those pro bags on TV, there's like five different manufacturers, though there are a hundred manufacturers that buy into the pro series because sadly there are so many people across the United States who find that there's this little stamp on the bag. They, they have to have that little stamp and that is super important to them. And I'm like, I don't like in my mind, I'm like a bag's a bag. The ACL leagues that I have seen, no one actually looks to see if bags are grandfathered in or on an approved list, or if they are on any of those, actually meet the specifications set by the ACL. Because there's these bags, people love them. They're called game changers. They really were a game changing bag. They meet, they barely meet the specifications on most metrics when they're brand new. But as soon as they're broken in, they are big. They, they stretch out so they're bigger than they're supposed to be and they get thinner than they're supposed to be so they don't meet the metrics anymore. They don't meet the regulations that are set by the ACL. So like, there's this weird like spot where it's like, cool, you totally only care. Like there's like, I try not to be cynical about it, but it's like you had so-and-so spend $5,000 with you to get their bag certified and you certified them because they paid you the money and you may have measured them once to show <laughs> that they met it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think about like the thickness one, right? It's they have like it's a little piece of uh, a piece of plastic with a six inch to like six and a half inch gap mm-hmm. that goes up to an inch and a half and down to the minimum distance, right? So they they run that over top of the bag to make sure that it's the width and the height. But like any manufacturer can be like, I'm gonna grab the bag in the middle and set it down so there's a peak. In the middle of the bag, and then that meets the requirements, <laughs> right? Because they hit it, it matches. That's all yeah. that matters. Um, but like, there's a lot of bags on my site that oh, bag's supposed to be 16 in, 16 ounces. The bags are 15 and a half ounces, and it's fine. It's in the, within the regulations. Oh, this bag is supposed to be one and a quarter inch or one in yeah one and one quarter inches thick or whatever it is. This bag is an inch thick, so that doesn't even meet the minimum requirements of it. But like you, I have all these metrics, and I'm like. Either A, the ACL does measure them another way, but no one really knows, or they don't care and it's just a money grab, right? Like <laughs> these people are just That's dumping shady. money at them yeah. and they're taking it because they can. And like they are doing like they're like raking in on like some places. So there's like a company who's 
seven months out. Like they're seven months deep in orders that they're they're backlogged on. And they're like, all right, yes, we've heard a crap ton of complaints about these people and their bags and how there's this black market for gray market for cornhole bags. Like I spent a hundred dollars on these bags eight months ago. I can now sell them for seven hundred dollars. Which is also ridiculous that people are buying a set of cornhole bags for $700. There's one set of them that go for $1,200. Why? I don't... Like, there's this weird artificial market for it, right? Like, it's this weird inflation and artificial market. Uh, But again, same as shoes, right? It gives me a heart attack, though. Yeah. But, like, people are doing the same thing for shoes. Yeah, you're right. You buy a pair of special edition Jordans for... 200 bucks if you're lucky enough to get them you can turn around and sell them for like two grand because somebody's willing to pay that that price. exists in the cornhole world yes it does wow yeah wow so well i mean i feel like we got a little bit of extra content i hope oh, you don't yeah. mind no uh, that's good i was like <clears throat> I, I can talk for much longer than i probably should <laughs> super accessible guys i mean yeah. what, what was the site again corn score score holio and yeah. so now I just want you to do something for me. Yeah. I want you to do this is the part where I want you to do a shameless plug. Okay. I want to know everywhere <laughs> we can find you and every every little detail. I want people to know how we can access you and and just vibe with the sport of cornholing. Yeah. So us at six by six bags is six by six bags.com. Um, there's contact page. We have all the charts. We explain all the measurements, like what they mean. You can look at all the data. You can filter all the data. We have a little shop of all of the bags that we test. Like when I said, when we originally started, we bought a bunch of bags and we're selling off all those bags that we tested. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get yourself a cheap set, go to the site. You can buy them there. I'm selling them for the same price that I bought them because that's why I'm like not making any money off of them. Uh, we're on Facebook. At, it's just six by six bags on Facebook. Don't have Twitter or anything like that. Um, we try to keep it as simple as we possibly can. But if you want to email us at six by six bags at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much yeah. for coming by and, and, and experiencing the new, I'm gonna call it studio. Yeah. I'm gonna call awesome. studio. I'm gonna call it studio. <laughs> but but uh, thank you for coming for the new spot and uh, talking to me and, and just explaining your world to me. Um, I'm very, very fascinated and I can't wait to like definitely look into it and just kind of at least I want to try one game at least yeah. and just call it one game and, 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 uh, overhand it once yeah and kobe it and for the most part i'm gonna try my best no. um, if you ever want to play we have boards at home mm-hmm. would, like i know you're coming out to independence couple once a week maybe or once twice a month mm-hmm. let me know i can bring boards out we can go sit in the parking lot and play because you can play it anywhere <laughs> yeah that's amazing guys you heard it first guys 98.3 kmwv down the rabbit hole on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you got it actually this is a really fun wholesome episode i like it usually we're saying a lot of fuck shit and bad words and stuff and 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 this is good yeah. we're no bad words today it was a very wholesome episode guys um I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go back to being filthy and vulgar but for the most part 98.3 every thursday at 7 p.m uh, apple podcast for the uncensored version because i just said a no-no so thank Thanks for listening. Thank you for coming again. No I problem. appreciate your time and I Thank love you. that you do this. Someone has to do it and you you put the data together. Yeah. And like cool. It's just me and the ACL. We're the only people who measure bags this way. To this sign like the more I have way more data and more and more metrics than the ACL. They only do speed.